Hello and welcome into Jam Session. Glad to have whoever you are listening to us. Jam Session is Matt McLaren and Jean-Jacques Taylor. We're two guys who used to do a radio show on ESPN Radio in Dallas, Texas. We now do this podcast. We talk a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, other Dallas sports teams, and just our interests in Dallas, nightlife, stories, beer, all kinds of things. Glad to have you. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Back at it after a week away. Subscribe, rate, review. Hang out with us for a while right here on this Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored as always by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law will fight that legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, dog? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast, version 384, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. A lot to get into <laughs> after taking a week away for our travels and a little bit of a Memorial Day heading into summer break, but we're back at it for the month of June we got some Cowboys OTA action going on. The star season has ended since we last chatted. The Rangers are destroying everything in their path. So a lot to jump in on. I was thinking about this the other day, man. I mean, here we are. We are recording this on June 4th. We are six weeks away from the beginning of Cowboys training camp. How about that? It always like, it, it, we know, we talk about this every year. Somehow, and I think it's just because the NFL does such a great job of keeping us or keeping them at the forefront of our minds. That it, yep. it just doesn't seem like it was that long ago that the season ended. Well, no, I think you're exactly right, because it really was a long time ago. But between free agency and the draft and, um, you know, mini camps and OTAs. Yeah. It's like, they st- it's like they're gone, but they've got something every month that's of note to you. And so they, they stay with you, unlike the other sports, which seem like they almost disappear when they're, when they're off season. I mean, it, it's been the Cowboys' last game was January 22nd. And then obviously the Super Bowl was, what, two, three weeks after that. And it just doesn't feel like it's been that long. And here we are already six weeks away from the state of the team address and picking through what Jerry and Steven try to trick us into believing when they get to Oxnard in late July, probably July 25th would be my guess, just looking at the calendar. But it's coming, man, and, and we'll be here for it. We're also here because of Greening Law. And Robert Greening, many of you know this. I got in a car accident, man, this is almost two years ago. And if I hadn't worked with them, I don't know what I would have done. Because when you get hurt and it's not your fault and somebody else is to blame and you got these medical bills that are piling up, whether it's a car accident like me or malpractice or you were injured on the premises of a business, whatever the case may be, you get in with Robert Greening. It's a free consultation. You let them know what happened to you. And if they bring you on, you don't have to worry about any of that because they go to bat for you against the insurance companies, making sure that you get taken care of. And that's the big thing, man. Whenever you're going up against somebody else's big time insurance company, you just want somebody to ride with you, somebody to be in the foxhole with you, somebody to deal with you, uh, deal with it with you. And that's what Greening Law does. And that's why you got to call the green team if you're involved in something like that. Consultation is free. F-R-E-E, free. And so what you do is you give them the circumstance uh, and they'll tell you, hey, if they bring you on as a client, I'm telling you, Matt's telling you, it's a great day for you because they will walk you through the process. They'll tell you when to turn left, when to turn right, when to stay and hold tight for a minute. They'll find doctors for you. They do everything so that all you got to do is focus on getting better. That's exactly right. And again, the consultation is free. If you think you have a case, give them a call and find out. It's easy to do. Let them know that you heard about it on the Jam Session podcast because they're big fans of what we do as well. 972-934-8900. It's 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening. Call him now. Offices, Dallas, Texas. So the Cowboys have been going through OTAs the last couple of weeks up there at the Star in Frisco. And a couple of things that have jumped out here. One of them, 
and you brought this up when we were talking before we started recording. And I heard him talk about this. You know, they're trying to get Micah Parsons to, hey, what are you going to do? And rushing the passer and all this. And he just said he doesn't want to give a lot away, but he'll be playing eight different positions this year. And I heard him say that, and I thought, that's interesting. So I guess not corner. And I was trying to think what else he wouldn't be playing. So you're playing all across the defensive line, all linebacker spots, and not corner or safety would be my guess. Yeah, I think that's about it, bro. But I think he's probably got, uh, you know, not he, but they've probably got four four or five different positions on the defensive line. You know, to us, it's just defensive tackle, defensive end. But to them, they may describe it as four or five different spots. Linebacker yeah. may have three or four different spots, and that's how you get to eight. Whatever it is, I think it's just another way of saying he's literally going to be all over the field. And, like, you have – you know, we've talked about this before in terms of more teams. I don't know why they don't do this. On offense, you like, when we break the huddle, go ahead and figure out where our best player is going to be. If it's a receiver, maybe he's outside, maybe he's in the slot, maybe we put him in the backfield and motion him out. Uh, just figure it out in this, you know, 10 seconds before we snap the ball. I don't know why defensives don't often do that in terms of here's our best player and um, he's got flexibility like Mark, like Micah. So you just figure out where he's going to be on a given snap. Yeah, man. And, and that is, I think, we're about to see, keep in mind, this dude's only been in the league for two years. He's already so dominant and so good. At some point in the game, it feels like kind of slowed down for him right off the bat as it was. That's only going to continue. And he hadn't even really entered his prime yet. And I thought it was interesting how, because he was asked about becoming the NFL sack leader and all that. And his answer was really interesting. He said, I'm kind of off the sack wave. I'm on the impact wave. You see Aaron Donald, he can have 12 sacks, but the impact he makes is so dominant. I really just want to be dominant. Then you see guys who have 16, 17 sacks, but they're not considered a guy. I want to be a guy, not one of the guys. If you're always chasing, you're never achieving. So I'm not chasing for something. I'm trying to achieve and be greater than someone who is chasing. Dude, I mean, what else you, you want? Know. He is. How in the world they, I mean, they basically stumbled into Micah Parsons, I feel like. And at the time, I don't know how many people were stoked about that draft pick, but you were talking about just a guy on a different plane. And we knew that as a rookie when they were following him around and some of it, like he was a lion and all this type of thing and just his mentality coming in. And now going into his third year, he just keeps elevating it. And when he was talking about playing those eight positions, he said, just playing chess just being able to move around, that's the special ability that I have. And you're exactly right when you talk about that. I mean, a guy that you really can't defend, the offense knows you have to know where he is, and it's not one of those guys you go, hey, watch out for 94 on the edge or whatever the case may be. You don't say, because you don't know where he is. He's like, oh, he's on the edge this time. Now he's, he's coming up the middle. Now he's at linebacker. Oh my God, is that a roving safety? What is he doing? And it's, it's really, really hard to plan for a guy like that, which is part of the reason why, they went out and got Smith in the first round this year because they want those big bodies that kind of eat up some blockers so that guys like Parsons have easier access to get an effect to the quarterback. No, nah, man, I think that was, uh, that was the whole thing. I mean, I think why was Micah so excited when, uh, when they mentioned him, man, that they were drafting uh, the big dude out of Michigan? Why his first thing was, wow, you're going to take up some space and allow me to make it, make it easier for me to do what I do. And so um, I think he was on board with it. I think he, I'm going to say this in a, in a tongue-in-cheek manner, I think he helped Dan Quinn come to that conclusion, like here's the guy we need to push for. And I think it's smart on their part to do everything they can to make it easy for Michael Parsons to be the star that he is. Yes. And again, you kind of anticipate that whatever type of jump that he could actually make and get even better, but somehow it just kind of feels like that is going to be the case. The other thing with the Cowboys, and we talked about this with the idea that if you if this is your window and this is when you're going to go for it, you've got some cap space, make the move to add to your team. And DeAndre Hopkins is now out there. You don't have to trade for him. He's a free agent because the Cardinals released him and he can go wherever he wants to go. And... Everything that you kind of get from the Cowboys, like McCarthy said last week, I really like the look of our group. The vertical speed has definitely made an improvement there. It says Hop is a hell of a talent. So it, who knows what they would do with this? Who knows how much it would cost them to go out and get a guy like a DeAndre Hopkins? But when you read some of the teams, like apparently the Bills are in on them. 
And you sit there and you go, well, the Bills have digs. I mean, right, but they're adding pieces to try to go and win a Super Bowl. And some of the other teams, we saw the Eagles do it last year when they made the trade for A.J. Brown. Just because you signed Brandon Cooks, I would imagine you could find a place for DeAndre Hopkins on this offense. Dude, there's no doubt you could find a place for him. You know, and I, I get what their what their rationale would be. You know, Mike McCarthy addressed it the other day uh, when I was out there and basically said that, uh, hey, we like the receivers that we have, blase, blase, blase. Uh, there's also some word around the building that they like what uh, Jalen Tolbert has been doing. Oh, okay. That, uh, All right. They expect him to be a much, much better player this year. Um, we'll see. I mean, this is the time of optimism. Uh, but – Here's the deal, bro. Um, you add Hopkins, he gives you four receivers, and somebody's got to take a back seat because you're not going to play four that much. Uh, that guy would probably be Michael Gallup, who you just gave five years, $62 million, uh, last year, and you're trying to see where he is on, on getting better from the, from the knee injury and the torn ACL that, that really severely limited him last year. That all makes perfectly good sense to me. Um, but if you can get him, it's no different than the offensive line. Man. You just roll with your three best players, and now you've got exquisite depth. You've probably got the deepest group of receivers in the league. If somebody gets hurt, your offense doesn't stop. It keeps on moving. And it's um, and then these things, as we often say, have a way of working themselves out. Uh, the obvious question, though, is could you really get him if you wanted him? And the question with DeAndre Hopkins, now that he's free, it's always about that price tag, bro. Right. How much money does he want? How much would it cost you? And, and again – you know, whether it's suspensions or injuries, he played 10 games two years ago. He only played nine games last year. So 19 out of the last 33 games that he has played in. But he's still, we know what DeAndre Hopkins can be. He turns 31 on Tuesday, I believe. So he's on the wrong side of 30. But I'm not trying to go out and sign this dude for four years. Like I would just throw whatever whatever is reasonable that you think he would go for for one season, bring him in here talking about a multi-time all-pro wide receiver, a dude that when he was healthy for years, one of the top three wide receivers in the game from probably 2015 until 2020, I would say. What do we always talk about? You don't want to get caught up in the name on the back of the jersey. You want to get caught up in the current performance. But the thing about it is, um, CD can get deep. Yes. Brandon Cooks can, def can definitely get deep. Uh, Michael Gallup can get deep. So if you want somebody to help you with the possession game, especially as you're breaking in new tight ends and understanding uh, uh, what they can do, DeAndre Hopkins be a hell of a weapon and a hell of a, a hell of a player to bring in to help move the chains and just make your offense more complete and uh, just create one more, one more obstacle for defensive coordinators to prepare for. Because you got to understand, man, as my boy Clarence E. Hill Jr. has said recently, it's an arms race. It's how many weapons can you get for your guy? Uh, so that you can survive in injury and so that you can make yourself uncoverable as a unit. Exactly. And I don't know why you wouldn't want to add to that. We talked about the Dalvin Cook thing a couple of weeks ago. If he's available and you could get him, if the Vikings either decide to trade him or release him, whatever they end up doing with him, why you wouldn't look at this team right now, look at where you're at in the NFC, understand that the reality of it is you with Dak Prescott, regardless of what everybody listening thinks of Dak, and we've gone through this exercise before, look around just this conference and name the quarterbacks that you truly believe are better than Dak Prescott, because there's not many. Maybe there's one or two. Fine. Cool. But this Cowboys team, you should be able to look at this conference and at least believe you can be with San Francisco and Philadelphia, one of the top three teams in this conference. Why wouldn't you want to add to that and try to do whatever it takes to make yourself as good as you can be for the next year or two before this window closes? Well, they'll probably tell you. And see, you know, here's the delicate balance that they have to find. Don't get so caught up in making sure that you've got cap room and money for Diggs and uh, CeeDee Lamb and Micah Parsons, mm. and Dak Prescott, which is all very important, that you forget about doing every single solitary thing you can win right now. <laughs> yeah. Winning right now, I promise you, at the highest level, winning a championship is more important than signing any of those guys. Yes. Today. It might not feel like it, but that's the reality. Winning supersets every, supersedes all that other stuff. Um, so if you need to spend some money this year to help make sure your team is deeper or make sure you can win 
then it's worth spending it and worry about how to pay those guys later because the reality is you can always figure out a way to pay guys. You can put phony numbers in there. You can extend the contract to avoidable years. There's all sorts of things you can do to make sure guys get paid. Winning's another problem. You haven't won at the highest level in a long time, like 30 years basically. So that needs to be the top priority, and I'm not sure that they always think like that. Yeah, and again – it creates depth and, and maybe you're looking in and go, well, if we were to sign DeAndre Hopkins and Brandon Cooks or Michael Gallup wouldn't be what we're paying them. Who cares, man? Like to your point, you've improved your depth. This time, if a Cooks or a Gallup or a CD happens to pull a hamstring or has to miss a month, you don't even miss a beat. It, it, I don't know why you don't want to improve your depth. I mean, we're still talking about a guy at 30 years old last year that averaged seven catches a game for 80 yards with the right. Cardinals who suck. <laughs> and so I just, it, whether it's him or Cook or whatever it is, if you've got opportunities, and I think that that's sometimes, look, I applaud them for bringing in Brandon Cooks. I applaud them for the Gilmore trade. I thought those were fantastic moves, and it kind of shows you that they believe they can do some things to win this year by making, I guess, somewhat aggressive moves to bring those guys in. But it goes back to some of the other teams that we've talked about. When you look around the league, the pieces that they're not afraid to add, whether it was the Bills throwing a ton of money at Von Miller, the Eagles, and everything that they seem to do all the time, understanding, okay, we've got a window. Our time is now. Let's do what it takes. And if we got to figure out the cap situation in five years, we'll do that. But right now, let's go for it and let's win. And not go into the season chuckling at the state of the team address going, well, we got some dry powder. We got some dry powder. Why? What? what for what? <laughs> You know, they try to um, they try to act like to your, what you were talking about. Well, we got these contracts that we yeah, not this year. You got cap space this year. Use it, bro. Um, I get it, bro. I, I really do. And it's important for them uh, to, to like I said, it's a delicate balance because you want to make sure you got money to sign your guys. But you sure. want to win now, man. Your fan base deserves it. It's been almost 30 years just since you've been in an NFC championship game. Uh, the NFC is good with um, the 49ers and the Eagles, but you're right there with them. They're not significantly better than you, and some folks would say they're not better than you at all, but this this the three of y'all at the top of the NFC. So whatever yeah. you need to do to make sure that you're in a position to compete with them and win in the postseason, because you got to deal with them too to get where you're trying to go, I would do. That's what I would do, and I wouldn't even have to think about it very long. Yeah, man, because, I mean, reality of it is going 12-5 and five again for a third consecutive regular season will be awesome if they can swing it. Losing in the divisional round of the playoffs, it, who cares if you're 12-5? and five? This is no longer, and it hasn't been, and it never should be about the regular season. Obviously, to some degree it is because you want to make the playoffs. But they, they've got to find a way. How do you get past that hump? And how do you get past these teams that have been in your way when you met them in the divisional playoffs? And until they can figure that part out, and, and that's where, again, Cooks and Gilmore, that's cool they brought them in. I think it improves the team. Is that going to help you beat San Francisco in the divisional round or Philadelphia? I don't know. I don't know if that's enough. I, I would, in an offensive league, I would want to have as many potential weapons as possible, especially if you have the space to do it. Now, for all we know, DeAndre Hopkins is like, look, I'm not signing a one-year deal. I want three years guaranteed, whatever the case may be. And in that right, case, right. you might look at it and go, well, we're not going to do that. We, we got these guys coming up. We got to sign. We can't do that. But man, if I'm, if I'm DeAndre Hopkins and I'm looking around the league, how many teams that have space would you be interested in that you believe you can win with right now? Now, obviously, there's some teams that he, the Bills, I've, I've seen him connected with the Browns because Deshaun Watson's up there. You know, the Eagles aren't going to go after him. So really, I mean, how many teams do you look at if you're DeAndre Hopkins and say, and maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he still wants to get $25, 30000000 million a year and, and <laughs> will go anywhere to get that. I don't know. Well, see, um, see, people say whatever they say, bro. But at the end of the day, it's always about, at this point in your career, earlier in your career, I get it. But at this point in your career, what's more important to you, money or the opportunity to compete for wings, for uh, rings? Wings? <laughs> That's pretty good right there. That was pretty good, man. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> I should tweet that out and everybody will love Here that go. one. If, here's, here's the point. Oh, there if you, you know, you know. 
And if you don't, <laughs> yeah, too bad. If you know, then that was hilarious. If you know, then that's yeah, it's beyond hilarious. You're probably still laughing. I know, uh, man. I was so, like, did you just say that? <laughs> and I didn't <sighs> think I said it, but then I heard it, and I'm like, yes, I did say that. So awesome. Um, so, and that's that's always the question. And I don't really. This is just me personally. I don't really blame cats for either one. No, no. Because you only have a finite period to to play this game, and even if you do go after the ring. There's no guarantee that you'll get the ring. So, you know, uh, do what's best for you. But what I, the only thing I take offense to, not that they care, is if you act like, no, I don't care about the money, and then you go sign with a garbage team right. for the money. <laughs> yes, you go sign with some, you know, like the Cardinals or something of that nature, yeah. although they weren't garbage when he signed there. But right. I was just looking at this. So he's 10 seasons in. He has made $111 million in his career. So he's gotten paid. I mean, he that contract he signed, I mean, he's had a couple of times where he's hit $24 million one season, 27 in cash one year. So he's gotten paid. So I'll be curious to see, you know, what handful of teams does he identify if he wants to try and go get a ring? Yeah. I'm, uh, we've heard, like, we've heard the Browns. Like, you're not going to win a ring with the Browns. No. <laughs> I mean, it, it reunites you with uh, each quarterback. Yeah. But you're not going to win a ring there. So that's what we're talking about, you know. Yeah. So we'll see, man. I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for oh. moves like this for the Cowboys at this point with where they're at. Now, I have heard that um, I did read. I don't like to say I heard, but I did read that uh, Dalvin Cook seemed like Buffalo and Miami were high on his list of places to go. I mean, again, everybody wants to go to Buffalo. Well, see, I think – Running back makes sense to me in Buffalo because they don't really have one. They've got everything else. But your quarterback's your best running back, and you don't want that to be the case. So that makes sense. And then if you go to Miami, they got so many receivers right yeah. now that you're, you're like, the field's going to be spread, seven-man boxes. He's from Florida. Okay, cool. That makes sense to me. So both of those make sense if he ends up there. Yeah, and, and um, I mean, much like Buffalo, Miami doesn't really have a running back that really jumps out at you. I think they've got Raheem Mostert is there, and man, I'm trying to think. I th- I, didn't they draft a chain? I'm pretty sure they drafted a chain. So other than that, I mean, they they just they have gone. I mean, anybody who plays fantasy football, you can't draft a Miami running back because they got like three or four dudes. They just kind of rotate through one game. One guy will do something, and so they don't have that guy like a Dalvin right. Cook. So he could come in and immediately be the main guy there. God, he'd he'd be dangerous in that offense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it it wouldn't surprise me if he went to either one. Uh, you know, it may it may be a money situation, but there's no state income tax in Miami, so you know you can make a little less there and still come out good. And Miami should be good this year. Only question about Miami is what's their quarterback situation. Uh, you know, if Tua doesn't, if Tua gets a concussion, can't play, how do you feel about what's happening down there? You know, uh, with the backups. Yeah, man, and and that's. It's kind of where they always are, but you know, I think uh, I think Mike White's there now, so at least they got that going for him. If Tua gets hurt, yeah, I mean he's better than nothing. Yeah, there you go. That's going to be a wild division too, because that division is so loaded with the Bills and the Dolphins, the Jets with Aaron Rodgers now, and the Patriots. I... Hey, the Patriots are the worst team in that division. It's just a matter of um, you know how how much Belichick can coach him up. Yeah, man, and and that's. That is going to be a really interesting division. I mean, keep in mind, the Jets last year were last place in the AFC East, and they went 7-10. and 10. So if they improve a little bit, the, the Patriots were 8-9 and nine last year. So that's, that's, a, that's a stacked, stacked division. Yeah, well, you know, you don't, you don't expect the Patriots to suck. So even if they aren't yeah. that good, they're going to be competitive and they're going to cause you problems and, you know, they're going to be difficult to beat. But just so you know, in the last three seasons – They've won 25 games. And how many have they lost, Matt? 25, 25 out of three. I was going to say it must be 25, something like that. Yeah, 25 and 25. So, so they're average. Uh, and they've been under 500 two of the last three years. Well, sucks to be a Patriots fan at this point, I guess. <laughs> You'll have to wipe your tears away with all your Super Bowl winning T-shirts from the last 25 years. Yeah, no shit. And when I go to find my Super Bowl winning T-shirt, I don't know where it is because I was – a teenager when they won and I probably didn't keep it and it wouldn't fit now anyway. So as we move forth, we'll move ahead here, get into the block, but let's tell you 
Flow Air Heating and Air, man. Again, if you need some service, and it is getting hot. I was in Texas for a couple of days last week, and I know that it is hot. Flow Air, family and veteran-owned and operated, 16 years of experience. You want to make sure that you've got a heating and air company that you can trust, especially when we get into these hot summer months. And they handle all that stuff, and we all know this. The worst thing ever is in the middle of the summer when you're like, man, it's, it's kind of hot in here, isn't it? And you hold your hand up to the vent, and you're like, is that blowing cold? I don't think that's cold air. You're like, what do I do? Well, now you know. You call Flow Air Heating and Air. Dude, the thing about Flow Air, you don't have to wonder, man. It was 92 yesterday or 94, uh, but it was hot. I was uh, I was uh, playing some basketball and didn't last long on the court. I guess it was recreational basketball, not very competitive, uh, at least on my end. Uh, but um, the heat is here, man. And so what we tell you guys is don't wait for your air conditioner to get overworked. Seriously, don't wait for that to happen. Go get it done right now. Go get a little maintenance done right now. Go get it looked at right now and make sure everything's operating properly. Everything's in good shape. So that in the middle of July, when it's coming. Yeah. And much like Dion and the Colorado Buffaloes, they're coming. We coming. The heat is coming. Uh, you know, you can be ready for it. It's Flow Air Heating and Air. They do it all, man. AC repairs, replacements, attic insulation, duct cleaning services. They take care of the entire DFW area. 24-7 emergency service. So if you got a problem, you wake up in the middle of the night and you're sweating and you're like, what happened? You can call them. They'll be there for you. It's Flow Air Heating and Air. You can call them. You can text them. 817-808-4115. 817-808-4115. Also, of course, made possible by Bruce Bill Tong. We tell you guys about this. If you like beef jerky, you will love Biltong. It's better than beef jerky. Biltong is a traditional South African air-dried meat. It's more tender. It's more savory. Zero sugar. No artificial ingredients. Super high in protein. Give Biltong a try because once you try it, you will not go back to beef jerky ever again. And that's because Biltong, listen to me carefully now. I'm going to speak very slowly. It is is delicious it is how about that no for real man bill talk i mean it's, it's really crazy when you think about it because you look at it and you think oh here's some beef jerky like stuff but it's not man it's juicy it's tender it's soft it's chewy it's everything the beef jerky ain't it doesn't even get caught in your teeth trust me and I, i'm a man who carries around a, a, a car full of toothpicks but here's the deal we like, or let me speak for me, I like the sliced biltong. Slab is good, too, because you can cut, a, cut it off as big as you want, as chunky as you want, as thick as you want. Uh, but it's great, man. It's a great snack, too. For those of us who watch our weight, it's a never-ending battle for your boy. How about this? 30 grams of protein, two-ounce pouch, 240 calories. Don't get much better than that, bro. It's easy, man. It's bruisebiltong.com. Use the promo code JAM15 at checkout. You'll get 15% off your order at bruisebiltong.com. So this trip around the block. So I was in Texas for a few days last week. And man, it was nuts because we only went into Dallas one time. We were out in Rockwall and out on the east part pretty much the entire time. Hanging out with my mom and dad, celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. And just kind of chilling as a family for the most part. But what's funny is, so we left... Uh, the Thursday before that, we went to the Little Rock area to visit my fiance's family for a couple of days. We are probably, so Memphis is a little more than halfway between here and Little Rock, probably. And so we're probably about the Memphis area when I look at her and go, so I forgot my shirts. She said, what do you mean? I was like, I didn't pack my shirts. I don't have any shirts to wear. So we were, sexy devil, dude, for a six day trip, I had one t-shirt. Now, the reason why is because I don't, I hang up my t-shirt because I don't really have a lot of other types of shirts and I don't like my clothes to be wrinkled. I can't stand if my t-shirts are wrinkled. So I'm the person as soon as like I get them out of the dryer before the dryer stops and I immediately hang them up so that they won't get wrinkled. Okay. So, yes, I'm that guy. So if I'm flying, then I'll fold them and it drives me nuts. But if we drive, then I just take them on the hangers. So I had taken the shirts I had chosen for the week and I had set them aside. But when we got home, I just started loading the car and I completely forgot to grab the shirts. And so she's like, well, what are you going to do? It's like, I guess we're going to have to go buy random shirts at Target or something. So for the first time, and I don't even know how long, I went six days without wearing a brewery t-shirt. <laughs> I went, we went to Target and I bought two just plain colored t-shirts for six bucks each. 
And then we went over to Old Navy and I got a little short sleeve button up for $12 that I wore that I actually like. And I'll probably wear that a little bit more often. But I thought, man, that's so crazy. And then, of course, I also bought a brewery T-shirt when we were out and about in Dallas last week. But I just it, it was one of those things. I'm so particular about the shirts that I wear and the way they fit. Right, right, it was driving right. me nuts. And one of the shirts I got at Target, when I tried it on, I thought it fit, it fit okay. And then I was wearing it. I was like, I'll never wear this shirt again. She's like, really? I'm like, yep. I was like, maybe it's a lounge shirt around the house or something, but I can't, I don't like this. She's like, you tried it on. I was like, I know. I guess I was in a different brain space. I don't know. But fortunately, it was only $6. All right. That's good. No, that's the, that's the worst thing, man. When you're packing and you're traveling and you leave some, uh, and stuff at home, it's either suffer or buy something, and whatever you buy is never really what you want. It's yeah. a pain. Yeah. So, no, I get that. I feel that. I empathize with that. It's just one of those things, because I didn't want to go. I was like, look, I'm not going to replace multiple shirts that I'm... I don't need to go out and buy a bunch more shirts. Let's just go and get whatever the cheapest shirts we can find are, because I, I need a couple. I can't just wear this one shirt nonstop for six days. <laughs> That'd have been fun. Yeah. And, and I mean, honestly, if if... If I wasn't with a lady, I might try that, but that was never going to fly with her. So we figured it out, and in all in all, it ended up being all right. But also wanted to give a shout-out to my friends over at Three Nations Brewing in Carrollton who just this past weekend celebrated their eighth anniversary, which is kind of cool. It's weird because we always end up going back to Texas like right around the time of their anniversary. We were in town last year for their seventh anniversary and ended up going to it, but... Their eighth anniversary was the weekend after we were in the Dallas area this year. So missed that out. But they've been going. They originally started in Farmer's Branch and then a few years ago moved to Carrollton, that huge spot down there in downtown Carrollton, right off 35 and Beltline. Good dudes, man. Gavin is a, a buddy of mine, one of the owners and the brewer. And it, it's it's really interesting to see the Dallas area with the beer world. Yes, there's a ton of new breweries coming along, but it's also interesting to see how many breweries are hitting that 8, 10, 12 year mark now that are still going really, really strong and have been around for about a decade or so as the Dallas beer scene has grown so much in the last 10 years. Can they relax now when they're at the 8, 10 year mark? I don't know. It's always, I was having this conversation with a buddy of mine because it becomes like at what point, if you start a brewery, at what point do you go, okay. We're here. We've arrived. Right. And then also like, is there, what's the end goal? Because most of these breweries will grow and grow, and then they get mass distribution. Then sometimes they'll sell to InBev or what have you in the variety constellation and different stuff. And it becomes, okay, if somebody comes and wants to buy you and add you to their portfolio, don't you just kind of walk away? Like, at what point of the beer game are you satisfied with where you're at? Are, are you going to, like, False Idol is a great example of this. Actually, I should ask Dom about this. Be like, what's the end goal? Because they're three years in. All right. Is it to sell to somebody one day? I mean, is this something that you want to do for 40 years or whatever? Let me, uh, let me give my don't know anything opinion on it. My opinion <laughs> is you get in it because you love it. It's a passion of yours. You enjoy doing it. It's a business, so you're making it work. Uh, you're making money or enough money to do whatever it is you like to do in life. And everything's cool. And you think you're great. Let's say you're making, let's just, I don't know, maybe you're making $300,000 a year. For as an individual, that's what you bring home. So your life is great, more or less. You can do whatever you want to do within reason. And then somebody comes up and says, "Hey, we'd like to buy this, and you and and you'll clear uh, twenty five million." Well, I enjoyed making three hundred, and I enjoyed uh, my brewery, but twenty five million or ten million or fifteen million is a lot different than three hundred thousand. So okay, I'll take your mass distribution money. And go on about my business, even though that was never my intent when I got in it. Yeah, and it's interesting because, for instance, like Four Corners, this is a really good example of that. So Four Corners Brewing, which has been around, man, for a while now, and they originally started over there kind of in the Trinity Groves area, and then they built up that big giant brewery uh, south Dallas, south of the um, 30, coming through there in kind of the Cedars area of downtown Dallas. And they sold in... 2018 to constellation and constellation is a fortune 500 company that owns like their main portfolio is modello corona and pacifico so just just like a week ago two weeks ago 
Constellation announced they're getting out of the craft beer business and sold back some of the brands that they had acquired to the original people. So Four Corners bought back their brand from Constellation and is now, again, a local independent brewery that will be owned by the original three founders once again. And, and they'll be able to do some stuff. And that was fascinating because they talked, they, they made their money when Constellation bought them. Constellation sold them back. I don't know the terms of that deal. But as one of the owners was talking about that being sold the constellation allowed them to do some things for their employees like a 401k and insurance and some things that before that they were unable to do and it's been interesting i mean you look around dallas where craft beer sales have kind of stagnated across the country but the production continues to go up and brands continue to open and jump in But I mean, you look in the last couple of years, like Legal Draft, where we've done a couple of podcasts before they closed whenever that was a year ago in Arlington. They no longer exist. Braindead and Deep Ellum closed. Armadillo Ale Works in Denton has closed. So it's tough to do, but it's interesting to see a brewery like that that sold to a mass corporation and then ended up getting it back five years later. Yeah, no, that's crazy. It is. I haven't heard of that happening too too many times. Yeah, you don't. And and like Funky Buddha, who's a brewery out of Florida, also was bought by Constellation. They sold Funky Buddha back to the guys that originally owned that. And I don't know. I'm assuming that they made money on it. And Constellation probably was like, just take this back. We don't want it anymore. And I bet they ended up making money. But I don't know how that worked with those guys. And then the other thing to bring up, artificial intelligence. Bro. It's taking us over and Jacques is helping to teach it. <laughs> I got the run. I can't remember what prompted me to uh start messing with it this weekend or last week. But dude, I did and I was like, oh my. It's it this? is wild, man. Chat oh, GPT. you know what it was? Oh, here's here's what here's what prompted me to do it. I was uh I was scrolling through Twitter and somebody said, now you know I'm a writer, so I, I read a lot of things about writing and how to write and this, that, and the other. And somebody said, hey, with chat GPT, AI, you can write a book Yep. And, like, and get it published in like a week. And I was like, really? And so I said, let me put this to, to the test. And so I went step by step through this YouTube thing. And YouTube video was like three or four minutes, bro. It wasn't long. And, you know, I started off a prompt. And then I said, oh, here's, here's what I want to do. Give me some chapters on this topic, okay. Uh, and then there's some phrase like, write a full, write a chapter out on this topic. Yeah. And it did it. And then I was like, write the chapter more friendly and more conversational. And it did it. Write it more friendly, more detailed, and more conversational. And it did it. And then I just copy and pasted it. I was like, so that's all you got to do to write a chapter? And then, you know, if you were a writer, I imagine you would throw some of your own personal vibe onto it. Yeah. But then that would, you know, but that's all you would have to do. You take the gist of it, put your own vibe onto it and replicate that thing 10 times. And you'd have, you know, a 10 chapter book on, you know, some topic you were trying to sell. I imagine if you were a motivational speaker doing speeches and you wanted a book to sell at your speeches, that's something you would do. Yeah. But I was amazed at how easy it was and how clear it was. And so then I just started messing, messing around with other stuff just to see what it could do. Um, and, you know, give me an outline on this, make the outline more detailed. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you just basically tell it what to do and it does it. And so the better you get at your prompts, the better information it spits out at you. And so it's insane. I was just messing with it. And it was just wild, bro. It is. It's fascinating. Now, obviously, like the Godfather. Matter of fact, while while we're talking, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something and send it to you, and it's just it's gonna blow your mind. Yeah, and I know like students are using it to write papers and stuff Dude, like that. And I told, it, it, uh, it's it's almost impossible. Like it's not plagiarism because the chat be it's created it from its own thing. And you can't really track that it was created by chat GPT because it's a, it's an original thing that the AI comes up with. Um, I asked, so, so I'm talking to my son about this. I said, Hey man, don't be using chat GPT on your papers and stuff in North Texas. 
and in true form he goes oh no i get i almost got hit with plagiarism this first semester uh but i got out of it and then the professor showed us some software they use to to catch ai generated term papers or whatever he said so i just decided none of that was worth the risk so don't worry about it i'm i'm out the uh, gpt game when it comes to writing papers and stuff that's crazy man and and like a lot of people are using it for different things as as wild as it is obviously i do a radio show for a corporation cumulus who we worked for in dallas and we have these meetings i don't know like once a year or whatever with the, the ceo of the company and they have these market visits and so in our last market visit, one of the people in our cluster asked about what Cumulus is planning to do with AI and its impact on radio for the future. And I was like, what? And even the CEO was like, I mean, you know, that's something we're trying to figure out and learn more about because apparently AI is getting to a point where there are people, it's not really in talk radio as much, but in music right. radio where they can generate basically a disc jockey for free and it's just an AI and it's a voice and it's not a real person and you have no idea. Jeez. And there's a fear that like in the smaller markets that that would just eradicate basically people being on air for mainly more music because, you know, you're just there to read things and introduce the songs and stuff of that nature and that you can program an AI to do that and it makes it way easier and it's cheaper. Mm. And that's, oh. that's where this thing is going. But so the godfather of AI is this dude named Jeffrey Hinton and he quit Google because of AI and he I just sent you he and some of the other people that are behind like Elon Musk man I mean think what you will of him but these dudes that are in the tech sector that are of that nature they're right. all warning like hey we need laws on this we need regulations on this we need to pump the brakes because it is way further along than they anticipated that it would be like this dude Hinton said that he thought that originally it would take like 20 30 years to get to the point we're at right nah. now with AI now it's moving, man. And this is I'm just been messing around just casually having fun with the uh with the beginner uh chat GPT. If you want to pay 19 bucks a month, they God. got some wild stuff you can really do. I mean, this um, is nuts that I and mean, it just creates this immediately. This little poem that makes sense oh. and is about me and my life. About you and your lady friend. That is nuts, dude. And I did that from the time we started. I mean, it literally took yeah. me 15 seconds. And if we weren't talking and I wanted to put some more thought into it so that it would have took me 30 seconds, it would have been even better. But uh, uh, read to people a couple lines. I mean, this I'll just read the, the first verse or whatever you would call it here. Yeah. It says, in a lively town where dreams took flight, there lived a man named Matt, his heart so light. With football chants and beer in hand, he worked the airwaves, a radio host so grand. I mean, what in the world? <laughs> but, you know, they are, they are warning. Like Elon Musk has said, and, and he's, again, with this group of guys that are very familiar with AI and where all this is going, that he has said he thinks there's probably less than a 1% chance that they would take us over and eradicate us. Others think that that is a very high possibility. And I have read where a lot of these people that are aware of this said that it's more likely that what they would do is take over our weapon systems and everything and make it to where we can't hurt each other anymore. Hey, the fact that you we're talking about what they could and couldn't do is nuts. It, it's AI. It ain't supposed to do nothing. Well, and, and that's the thing is that it, it's so chat GPT is one thing, but you can have conversations with it like a human being. And as you talk to them, they learn and all that stuff, all the networks that are connected, artificial intelligence, because millions and millions of people are using it, is learning at an insane speed. Yeah. And then you're telling it all about yourself while right. you're doing it. I mean, it is. I don't know that we're headed down the Terminator path, but sometimes with where we're at now, you wonder, did AI time travel back and make a movie to warn us about where this thing is going to go? Bro. Who knows? I don't know. Nobody knows, and that's the scary part. But this is like, it's all fun and games right now, and then two years from now, when AI announces that it now owns us and none of our cars work or anything because everything's connected to a computer somehow, and they're like, nope, we own you. You're, we, we are now the Matrix, and they just farm us for energy. Who knows? I don't know. It's freaky. 
But that's what it is. That That is where we are at with all of this. It is a freaky, wild thing. But we'll move forth here now that we have freaked you out about artificial intelligence. But now, you know what? It makes me think. I think of Terminator. I think of The Matrix. I think of that movie AI that Spielberg did. Like all these movies over time that show like where AI could go. And it they seem so fan, fantastical. And now it, it's happening. Bro, like I, I robot and all these movies. Man. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it is. Uh, it's something it's else. Weird. It's weird. It's also something else at Smokey John's Barbecue. See, that's the stuff we need AI to do. Like AI, eat barbecue and you'll learn how amazing it is to be a human and you should not take us over. Like Smokey <laughs> John's will make AI happy and it'll make you happy too. The Jam Session Bowl only at Smokey John's. They made it just for us. It's on the secret menu. You go over there, you order the Jam Session Bowl. Nobody else has done anything like this for us. They're local, they're family owned. And man, the barbecue is elite. It is so damn good. It is sensational. It's delicious. And it starts, for me, just your boy, with the Jam Session Bowl, man. And not just because they made it for us, but it is, it's, it's the best of all worlds. And that's because you can put macaroni and cheese or mashed potatoes as the base. Then what they do best is smoked meats, and to me, but you get two or the five of those. And so you can either have, you know, like I usually do with the brisket, and the chicken or the brisket and the sausage, two of the five. But then, man, then they put all the stuff you find on a loaded baked potato, like chives and butter and sour cream and cheese, man. And then you can ask them to drizzle that sauce on it, or you can ask them to drench it with that sauce. Either way, it's all good, baby. And that's the Jam Session Bowl. It's phenomenal. It's tasty. It's delicious. And if they weren't closed on Sunday, it might be time for me to go get one. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow, man. <laughs> It's Smokey John's Barbecue. Keep getting out there and supporting those guys because they keep supporting us. We appreciate them. Same with HFX Foundation Solutions. And we have found the company. They do everything for your foundation. They service all of DFW. They even can handle your drainage and your gutter installations and all that. And we know this with the hot summer months. This is when your house will start showing you some of those signs as it gets dry. And you start realizing, wait, is that a crack that wasn't there before? These doors are starting to stick. Those are signs that you may have a foundation problem. And the good news is Aaron and his guys, they're local. They'll come out for a free, no obligation inspection and check out your property. If you have a foundation problem, you want to catch it as early as possible because it can save you thousands of dollars down the road. If you just let those things linger and then you've got a very serious problem. That's where HFX Foundation Solutions comes in for you. Dude, you know, we lovingly call it a colonoscopy for your crib. And why we do? Why do we do that? Because you know you got to get one because they send a camera up in you to make sure that everything's working properly, everything looks great. Uh, I was once told I had a perfect colon. <laughs> but as for your house, man, you want that colonoscopy for your cribs because HFX t takes a look at all the places you can't see to make sure everything is working just right, man. And when everything's working just right, you got that clean bill of health for your house. You get peace of mind because nobody wants to hear, "Hey, bro, bro, it." We, you got foundation problems. Nobody wants to hear that. But if you do, and HFS is taking a look at it, chances are they caught whatever it was early. And if you catch it early, man, we all know the deal. It's a fraction of the cost of it if you catch it late. So call HFX. Get that peace of mind that comes with having Aaron and his team come out, check your crib out, give them that colonoscopy for the crib, and enjoy yourself, man, without worrying like, oh, my God, am I going to get foundation problems? It's easy to do. 817-770-0174 or check them out online. They're right there for you at hfxfoundation.com. So as we move forth here, of course, the Dallas Stars, we had spoken about them in the playoffs. There was some hope potentially for a miracle. The miracle did not happen and their season came to an end. And when you get down three games to none, you kind of figure that's the way it's going to go. They fought back valiantly, made it three games to two and there was some hope coming back to Dallas for game six but man they they just had nothing left in game six obviously they got beat six to nothing it was a beating that was never a game and, and the Golden Knights were a better team and they move on and you know you look at the stars and this is a team and we kind of mentioned this a little bit during this playoff run the time to jump in on the stars is now and they've got Jake Ottinger, Jason Robertson, and Miro Haskin all locked up for long-term multi-year deals already taken care of. 
they basically, every main person that was a part of this unit is under contract for next year. Now they're up against the cap and there could be some casualties. Of course, like they traded for Dodonoff. He's probably gone. Max Domi, who was traded for once a longer term deal. I don't know if that would be a fit for what the stars want to do, but for the most part, I mean, any of their free agents or guys that you kind of shrug your shoulders about, like Olafson and Hanley is a free agent, Kibiranta, Glenn Denning, all those guys aren't a part of where this thing is going. So the the main like group of contributing pieces for the stars are all under contract going into next season, which is fantastic. No, nah, they got a terrific team. Man. I mean, I think the season, the end was beyond disappointing, but if you can step back and look at the season, you go, okay, the season was terrific. How do we capitalize on it? How do we get better? We got this young collection of stars. That's a good problem to have. And it's, you know, really it's what, if anything, can you do with your older guys? What, if anything, do you need to do with your older guys? What can you do to get better uh, from this season? Is it beyond just the experience that comes with uh, young guys getting better? Uh, you know, because, you know, the, the flip side of it is Sagan gave you no points against uh, Las Vegas. Pavelski had a fantastic postseason. I don't think you can expect him to to be that kind of weapon in the postseason again. Um, so there's questions like that that have to be answered. You know, Jamie Ben had a really great season. Um, you know, but we all remember what he did in the playoffs against Vegas. You know, but he's getting older, so can you expect him to have that kind of uh, impactful office, offensive season again, or or you know, will he start to play more of his age? Just questions that must be answered, and that's why. Uh, that's why they paid Jim Neal the big bucks. Yeah, and, and the good news is, you know, Wyatt Johnston came in this year, and it's obvious that they've hit on something there. They're probably going to bring back Ty Delandria, who's a restricted free agent, who is a former high draft pick for them. But with Johnston there now, and then they've got two kids that should should make the roster next year at the NHL level that are high-level prospects. Uh, Second-round draft pick from a couple of years ago, Logan Stankoven, who is a forward, he should be in consideration to make the team. And then Maverick Bork, who was their first-round draft pick, I want to say in 2020, who's a center, who's been down there in Austin playing, and he's fantastic. Thomas Harley, the defenseman, who should be ready for a full season next year. I mean, they've got a, a nice cluster of young guys that should help to spell some of that veteran leadership and learn and grow. I mean, this is a really exciting club, man. It really is. And it's a bummer the way that it went in the Western Conference Finals, but we're talking about a team that made the Western Conference Finals. They made it to the Final Four of hockey and got beat by a team that was slightly better than them in the regular season and was slightly better than them in the playoffs. So I'm excited about it, man. I mean, their core, this is really what you wish the Cowboys would do, honestly. When the Stars identified who was going to be a part of this team for the next seven years and they went out and locked up those guys and and didn't even get let them get close to having their contract be a problem and then they build around okay here's our big money guys we locked them up long term how do we build around this with youth and savvy veteran moves i mean it don't sound that complicated but it is (laughs) it doesn't sound that bad no but it was a bummer dude i we watched Game six at the Flying Saucer out there on the lake by Rockwall. And they just got down. It was 3 nothing at the end of the first period. And I knew it was over. And everybody was like, oh, there's a chance. I, I'm No, there no, isn't. There's no chance. Like, you can tell this team playing in elimination games like that, back-to-back and fighting out wins, they, they just don't have anything left. They gave it. This is what they got. And it's just a bummer when you're around that many Stars fans. And basically, by the end of the first period, we're all just kind of sitting there with not a lot of excitement, but it's okay. I mean, I almost feel like you'd rather have that happen than lose an overtime, double overtime or something like that where your heart gets broken. You saw this one happening from way ahead. Yeah, I don't know. But then again, it doesn't matter. If you lost, you lost. That's whether true. Painful, whether it was a blowout, it doesn't really matter. I'd rather uh, avoid the immediate pain, I guess. <laughs> Makes me feel better. But, uh, they, you know, they had a hell of a year, man, and – uh it's not like they lost to an inferior team. It wasn't an upset. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think Vegas was favored. They've been the better team all year. And uh, they were the better team in the series, and they dialed that thing up when it needed to be dialed up. The other thing here is these Texas Rangers, man, 
The Texas Rangers, who I don't know if they'll win today or not. They're playing, as we're recording this, against the Mariners, wrapping up a, season, a series against Seattle. I like their chances today because Evaldi is on the hill, but we are talking about a team that made it to June in first place. They have the best record in the history of the franchise through 57 games. They are 37-20, and 20, 17 games over 500. They have their best run differential at this point of the season ever. And as a matter of fact, the crazy thing about this, through 57 games, they are plus 143 in run differential, which is the highest that a team has recorded through 57 games since the 1939 Yankees. Uh, you know, I said this the other day, and I wasn't being... I was, I was trying to be as real as I could be, man, but... You know, if Simeon and Sager are going to play like that, because Sager's been hitting, I mean, he's been just on a tear Yes, since he got back from an injury. Well, this is what they paid those guys to do. You know what I'm saying? Yes. This is why they signed those guys to $500 million deals, uh, the two of them, hoping that they could elevate the team. And, yes, last year, as often happens, uh, we could have another conversation about that another day. As often happens in the first year of a big deal, you press and put too much pressure on yourself, even though the money's guaranteed and it ain't going nowhere. Yeah. You're trying to prove you're worth the money. Uh, you know, I think it was a slow start to the season and they couldn't get their routines. And both of these guys are really regimented routine guys and they have their own personal routines and they're, they're kind of quirky. Well, this year they got all that, bro. And, um, you know, those guys are just playing at another level, both of them. They are, and, and, and you, you get a little bit Jonah Heim going off, you know, and Nathaniel Lowe doing his thing. Josh Young, who right now would win American League Rookie of the Year. I mean, that dude is tearing it up in his second behind Garcia and home runs with twelve, and he's got thirty-seven RBIs, batting two eighty-five as a rookie. You know, Janikowski, who comes in and gives you a little something. Tavares, who apparently has figured out what he's going to be. It, it's just up and down the lineup, man. They're so good. Anchored by those two guys, Simeon's hitting 304. Seager, now it's 26 games, but Seager's hitting 340 with an ops of 976. And now you're getting Mitch Garver back, who's been injured for most of the year. And what did he do? Was Homer yesterday? I mean, uh, you know, was but you know, if you look at the big picture, Simeon and Seager were really supposed to do their thing, but you got guys like Duran, Young and a couple others who are mashing. And when you add them to the uh, – I mean, even a guy like Leone Tavares has been, like, much better offensively than you thought he was going to be. Uh, I mean, we get all those guys playing at a high level, bro. It's just – I mean, it's ridiculous, really. I think I read that they've got 16 games. It's either 15 or 16. I can't remember whether they included today or not. I mean, yesterday or not. With double digits and nobody yes. else has more than eight. Yeah, it's really wild. They have 15 games in which they've scored double-digit runs. They are fifth last night, their fifth game when they scored 16, with 15 or more runs. And they're just the third team since 1901 to crack the 15-run marker in that many games through their first 57. And what's wild about this, and I try not, it, it's so hard not to look at this and want to make it more than what it is because it's still, look, we're in June, man. We're a full over one-third of the way through the season. But Evan Grant put this thing out God, a few days ago. And where the Rangers were, I think it was after 50 games with their run differential. And he looked yeah. at, through the first 50 games of the year, the run differentials of where the Rangers were. Because at the time, I think they were a plus 122, which was like the 10th highest ever through 50 games. The other nine teams all at least made the World Series, and seven of them won it. Oh, wow. I mean, when you're playing at this level, this is, a, this is a really, really good baseball team. And you don't even have DeGrom. I was going to say that, and you don't have DeGrom yet. And so, you know, John Gray has moved up. It's, uh, yeah, it's been a terrific performance overall, man, by everybody. And, you know, the other thing is you got a terrific veteran manager now, so you don't worry about the little things, uh, their offense is elite. Their pitching has been, and starting pitching has been elite. Their defense has been near the top of the league. I mean, this is why they're playing so well. It ain't a fluke. It ain't a coincidence. And there's no reason to think that it's going to stop. DeGrom left the game in April 28th 
and has not returned. The starting rotation since then has a, an ERA of 2.64. Insane. It's amazing, man. I mean, this is, this is a really, really, really good baseball team. They've got depth up and down the lineup. With health, we see what their pitching staff is. And we've talked about this, you know, I, I don't know if you watched it, but that Grant Anderson appearance a couple of days ago when he came in as a rookie, making his major league debut and strikes out seven of the nine batters he faced, tied a major league record for the most strikeouts. He struck out his first six, and I think he struck out his first seven out of eight. And you go, okay, well, this dude's going to come in and be able to be maybe your setup guy or your sixth, seventh inning guy then maybe you've got a piece here that can help save that bullpen a little bit for you. Well, what happened? He went right to the eighth inning uh, two days ago in a 2 nothing win. Uh, nobody else is doing anything out there, so you need a guy who can make it happen uh, for as long as he can make it happen. And for now, he's going to get the chance, and trust me, he's going to get all the work he can handle. It's just so – it's something, man. I, I, I don't know how to describe what we're watching, and it's crazy to think – you know, you go back to the mid-90s and some of those teams that made the playoffs and ran into the Yankees bus saw with Pudge and Gonzalez and Clark and all those guys. And then you go to, obviously, the 2010-2011 teams that made the World Series and were stacked and had pitching and had a lineup. And to think that this team is the one that has the best record we've ever seen any of these Rangers teams have at this point in the season. I mean, 17 games over 500, man, is... That's something that, I mean, keep in mind to finish 90 and 72, you're 18 games over 500 and that, that, so basically if the Rangers just play 500 baseball, the rest of the year, they're going to win 88, 89, 90 games. You're in the playoffs and that's just playing 500 the rest of the year. No, they're a really good team, man. Eh? Uh, they've moved past the fluke status to me. Uh, they've survived injury. So, I mean, they are what they are. Um, you know, there's no perfect team, so other teams have flaws. Uh, Tampa Bay, uh, you know, they've got their bullpen issues. So everybody's got something that they're working with. But I'm telling you, they're, they're a team to be dealt with right now because they got the starting pitching that can make them uh, they can make them dicey in the playoffs if they can get DeGrom back. I know, man. I mean, like, Evaldi, 7-2 before today with the 2-4-2 ERA. Gray is 6-1 with the 2-5-1 ERA. You know, even Perez and Heaney, who have gotten beat up a little bit more so, Perez is 6-1, and one, Heaney's 4-3. and three. It's, you know, Dane Dunning is 4-1 and one with a 2.06 ERA. It, it's just all, it, it just all seems to be working for him right now. And it's exciting. They're a fun team to watch. It's a really good group, and there's something about it. It's like Bruce Bochy came in here and is like, I got this. And by the way, with that win on Saturday night, he crossed into the top 10 in all-time managerial wins. But you know his record is still less than 500. It's so nuts, man. Yeah, it is. But that's, you know, you look at some of those, like managers are wild because of how many wins and losses. Like Connie Mack, for instance, finished his career under 500 and won five World Series. Yeah. You know, and... and Bruce Bochy now at 10th all time is what? I think he's still nine games under 500 all time. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, and, and he is, he's a future Hall of Fame manager, I would imagine. I mean, the dude's won three World Series. And if he does something with the Rangers now, it's like, golly. I'm, I knew when they hired him as manager, I got so excited because you, you just had a feeling with the pieces they've done and they spent some money and, and knowing some of the, the pieces they have that are still young and haven't even gotten to the majors yet. I try not to get ahead of myself, man, but God, I, I, just, I just in my lifetime want to see the Rangers win the World Series and it feels like they've got a core that can actually get that done. They're in the conversation, brother. I don't know if it's going to happen this year. That would just be the craziest thing ever. If they win the World Series this year, it'd blow my mind. Because I, I, I thought maybe they can make the playoffs. I, I was like, okay, just make the playoffs. But they got the second best record in baseball through 57 games, man. Only behind Tampa. That's it. They destroyed Baltimore. They're destroying Seattle. I mean, the Astros have been playing really well. The Astros are only two and a half back of them now. Right. But, you know, they're going to get to play Oakland a bunch more. Oakland, who's absolute trash and is on pace to lose like 130 games. Isn't that nuts? Oakland's won 12 games. 
two of them against the Rangers. Which is so insane. Every other team in baseball has won at least 17, and that's Kansas City. And outside of that, so Kansas City and Oakland are the only two teams in baseball that have fewer than 25 wins. And Oakland has 12. And has a run differential that is just insane. I was trying to remember what the number was. Their run differential, I think right now, is like minus 200 and something. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? Like, that should, that should be fake. How do you yeah, have a run no, differential that bad? Terrible, bro. Terrible. Like, not only are you losing, like, teams are just destroying you, and you're not even competitive. I mean, it's just the flip side of the Rangers. Yeah, I mean, to the extreme. Yeah. Because you don't really get to see baseball this bad. They are minus 210 in run differential. That is amazing. God, dude. I mean, they are absolute. I mean, even the Royals are only minus 77, and that's the second worst. There's not another team in baseball worse than minus 77, and the A's are minus 210. That's why every time you lose to them, it feels so bad. That's incredible, dude. That is incredible. But the Rangers are having fun. And did you see that apparently... You know, Bally had to drop the Padres because they didn't pay the Padres. And apparently the Rangers and a couple of other teams are on the, the list next where if they don't get paid in a certain amount of time, that Bally is going to have to drop them. And then that may make it to where it's a lot easier to watch Rangers games because then the Rangers can do whatever they want to do with the ability to, to have games. Yeah, well, let's hope so. Yeah, I hope so, sucks. man. But we'll see. They're wrapping up against Seattle and then they've got three against St. Louis who started the season off really horribly. And then after that, man, next weekend, three on the road at Tampa Bay, the two best teams in the American League, and, and we'll get to see a little bit of what the Rangers might be about and looking forward to that coming up this weekend. Yeah, that should be great. It should be. But that is our podcast. Back at it again. We will have a normal week of podcasts for all you guys since we decided to take a few days off to enjoy some family time and a little break, but we're back at it. Glad to have you guys with us. We will talk to you again very soon. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.